This episode of the Busted Wide Open podcast is brought to you by Blueberry. Blueberry offers the best media hosting, accurate listening stats, and their all-new PowerPress Deluxe Sites, a no-setup WordPress website for your podcast with all the necessary links to share your show with the world built right in. If you currently produce a podcast and are looking for a better host, or if you're looking to start a new one from scratch, head over to orbitaljigsaw.com slash BWO and sign up for the best media hosting and a PowerPress Deluxe site to get your first month absolutely free. That's orbitaljigsaw.com slash BWO, or just use the promo code BWO at checkout for your first month absolutely free. And now, enjoy the show. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the only two-time PWG Battle of Los Angeles champion, King Ricochet, and you are listening to Busted Wide Open Podcast. You're listening to the Busted Wide Open Podcast, dropping the elbow on the hottest topics in sports entertainment and the world of professional wrestling, with your hosts, Nick Howell and Sir Ian Dangerous. Coming to you from the Orbital Jigsaw Network Arena in sunny Southern California. Welcome back once again to the Busted Wide Open Podcast, uh, this time with audio. My name is Nick Howell. And wading through zero inches of snow and frigid 60-degree Los Angeles winter temperatures to be with you here today, I am Sir Ian Dangerous, and welcome to you, Nick, coming live from a hotel room in London. Thanks to everyone who's being patient with us in our YouTube chat room. It's not easy to have Nick on the road, but dang nabbit, we're going to get it done. Welcome to the show today. We'll be discussing Raw, which is uh, still a very entertaining show. Actually, it's, it's been pretty entertaining the last few weeks. We've also got to talk about New Japan. Things are happening over there. Nick, there's lots going on, and we're looking forward to talking about it. Let's do some housekeeping, and we'll get right into it. Yes, as always, guys, come over to Facebook, search for Busted Wide Opens, like our page, and send us a join request to get into the group, the discussion group, with the rest of the phenomenal ones. Uh, and you also want to be in our Discord server, up-and-coming real-time chat, uh, all kinds of good stuff going on in there all throughout the week for every show, as well as dedicated channels for pay-per-views. You can find the link to that in the description below if you're watching here on YouTube or pinned across all of our social media profiles. Speaking of which, you can also find us over at Twitter and Instagram at BWO podcast streaming live right here on youtube every tuesday at 8 p.m eastern and every saturday at 3 p.m eastern it's youtube.com slash busted wide open we're on that race to a thousand subscribers and about halfway there so thank you to everybody for subscribing to the channel welcome if you haven't seen it before and yes it looks a little weird today because uh, i'm in a hotel room in london and it's 1 <laughs> 30 in the morning but hey we don't miss shows we do it you live where you got a I'm whole at. new respect from all for all of the uh people who want to watch wrestling in london huh Huh. Hey, absolutely, man, because it was freaking impossible. Okay. <laughs> we'll talk about that later. That's all new respect for our British viewers. Yeah, no kidding, guys. Um, try using your Hulu anywhere outside the U.S. They, they're smart. Um, that said, youtube.com slash busted wide open. Make sure you're subscribed. Uh, last but certainly not least, thank you to all of our patrons uh, for all of your support. Seriously, sincerely, it allows us to do things like this exactly to have this kind of kit. Um, and you know, it keeps us keeps me motivated to stay up till one thirty in the morning on the other side of the world. And somehow, magically, I found a hotel with good internet connection and a wired <laughs> connection at that. So, Ian is in Los Angeles. I'm in London, and it feels no different right now. That's the magic of the internet. Holy smokes! And it's the magic of you guys and your contributions 
from Patreon. So thank you, thank you, thank you very much for all of your support. Patreon.com slash BWO if you'd like to get in on some of those exclusive rewards to be able to get access to show notes uh, at the $5 tier as well as the ability to ask listener questions for our patron mailbag series that goes on every Saturday after our main show. So there you go, guys. Patreon.com slash BWO if you want to get in there. And uh, Ian, I... (laughs) I have to tell you guys, I'm exhausted. I, uh, I, for those of you that aren't aware, I work in in enterprise tech and high tech, and uh, I'm in London for a big trade show, and we introduced a live stream today. I've live streamed for six hours straight already all day today. My voice is gone. I'm tired, but Ian's going to drive us through raw today. Hi. So, uh, luckily, the- luckily, it's a it's a cool five thirty over here in Los Angeles. <laughs> I've had a ton of coffee and I'm feeling great. So, uh, don't worry, Nick. I'll pick up the slack. Also, I'm not in a hotel room at one thirty in the morning, and my neighbor's gone, so I can be as loud as I want. Well, I don't and know I'll if I have up. neighbors, but they probably know I'm up by now. Oh, they'll know. They'll know real quick. You'll know real quick if you have neighbors. We hear a <laughs> on the door, right. and we'll know they're there. That'll, hey! That, that would be fun for the stream because it's right there and you guys would get to see it all. So. <laughs> Content <laughs> is king, right? So this is why you need to check us out on YouTube because you can watch Nick get dragged away by the hotel staff right. when they find out that he's too loud at 1.30 in the morning right. in London. But Nick, we, uh, we do need to get into this show so that... <laughs> Well, so that you can get to bed and stop bothering your neighbors, but also because there's a lot of stuff I really want to talk about. So let's get into it and talk about Monday Night Raw. Randy Orton. Oh, Randy. Remember last week, Nick, we ended the show with Randy Orton laying out edge, I think is a kind way of putting it. Um, Absolutely murderizing him. Much of the shock, horror, and disgust of those in the audience in attendance and those at home as well. Uh, This week, he came out the top of the show after they showed a a pretty awesome video package of what he did last week and was allowed to explain his actions. And it was kind of promoted all week. Randy Orton will explain his actions. Why? Why did he turn on edge his buddy in the tag team uh, uh, rated RKO, his his old friend, his road buddy, why did he turn up? Why would you do this, Randy Orton? And he did so in about like 20 words. you know. And just it was more of the Randy emoting that we got last week. And just when you thought you were tired of Randy Orton, he goes and does something like this and totally redeems himself because the stuff last week and the stuff this week was holy smokes good. Like all yeah, the feels. The cliche is a motivated Randy Orton is a good Randy Orton. He's obviously motivated as hell by this upcoming feud with Edge. Like, but here's the here's the really big question, Nick. Is this opening segment was about 14 minutes long, and most of it was Randy standing in the ring, soaking up heat from the crowd, everyone booing the hell out of him. Every time he tries to talk, they boo him down. Uh, as you say, emoting, uh, looking like he's conflicted trying to say something, not being able to, and finally throwing down the mic and just saying, I can't do this, throwing the mic down and walking out the side of the ring. Uh, so a whole lot for not a lot. And one of the criticisms that was leveled at this was that it really didn't play to the home audience, the live audience, who, by the way, I got to shout out right now, props to every single person who was in attendance in that arena because Salt Lake City was in the middle of an absolutely historic snowstorm at the time. And I think they, well, obviously they still are. Uh, but the, like the governor was going to shut down roads. They thought that it might not even happen this raw. 
And that Raw was one of the more full ones I've seen in recent memory. And everyone there was obviously there to have a good time and was live for pretty much most of the show. So props to that crowd for showing up uh, in Salt Lake City through some some nasty conditions. Um, and they let Randy have it, but they ate this up because they were ready to boo this guy after last week. Sitting at home, uh, I did at a certain point get a little bit antsy. I'm not going to lie. Okay. How was it watching it for you? Like, were you like, get on with it, or did it play the entire time for you? So, I mean, it's the fast food stuff, but if you sit back and just eat your popcorn and just enjoy the spectacle and the show, it's magnificent. This is the kind of stuff we want in our wrestling guys. This is the kind of stuff that we've missed, the long-term storytelling. As much as everybody shits all over Corbin and Reigns, it's a long-term thing that we've had going, and it's coming ebbs and flows and everything, but we're getting, and, and how good is Raw recently, right? It has to do with some of the long storm for, uh, long form storytelling we're getting. Sorry, I'm tired. <laughs> Sasha Banks. <laughs> on, I'm gonna Sasha. be I'm gonna be Sasha tonight. That's okay. But that's this is the kind of stuff I want in my wrestling. I, I want this kind of stuff. I don't want to be just fast food match and those are fine here and there, and we got some of those tonight too. But at the same time, I love this. This is the kind of stuff that I want two, maybe three main storylines to go on for weeks and months mm -hmm. at a time and to circle back around. And this is like 10 years of history coming back full circle all of a sudden. Hell yes. Yeah. I loved this. So I'm for, if you were impatient about this, that you probably aren't familiar with the loving history of Randy Orton and Edge in the rated RKO tag team. But man, it's after last week he doubled down like this was yeah but he didn't do anything that's kind of my point is like nothing we there was no advancement to this but it, Just it that was we a know continuation of his we know emoting. he's conflicted it was a continuation yeah. of his emoting from at the close of last week's raw so but right Just continue to eat that is, up but we're at the same state that we were then where we know he's conflicted in some way we don't know why and that's i think more my point is we're nothing advanced all we yeah. did was get to boo Randy Orton for 14 minutes. I mean, if that's the one thing you want to dial in on, I mean, sure. But I, I, you know, I, I still enjoy it. Uh, that's, and that's really all I was getting at was I, I think it was the right decision. I like that they're slow playing this. They give us a reason to come back and watch it next time. Um, I just I understand why certain people were complaining that nothing happened here for 14 minutes. Uh, and it was just a whole bunch of Randy Orton, as you say, emoting. Um, but I think there's a, there's a theme with this Raw and with Raws lately, and that is give a little bit of advancement and leave some stuff open-ended so we're curious where it's going uh, next week and we'll make us want to come back. I want to come back next week because maybe Randy will, you know, we'll find out more about Randy next week. Yeah. There's other storylines that we'll talk about in a second that happen on Raw where next week I want to come back and be like, okay, well, what happens now? What happens next with this? And that's something that, you know, last week I think we got asked a question why is Raw doing better than SmackDown right now? That's one style that's happening with Raw where they leave open-ended elements to these stories and you go, okay, what happens next? Yeah. So that's, and this is a, this is a great example of that. The other thing I'm going to uh, call out here real quick is that last yeah. week we went off the air with Randy Orton emoting and basically walking out of the ring as people were coming to Edge. An exclusive that we got on WWE.com was the video, the aftermath of that, with Edge yes. getting loaded onto the stretcher in the backboard, taken to the ambulance. And there was this moment when I was watching that the next day going, I don't know if I want to be watching this right now because I immediately connected with what if this really happened? And yeah. I, I actually got, and I think that was the whole point. I got worked of course. hard. Absolutely. So, they, exactly. so of course they opened this week's Raw with that same exclusive video package, uh -huh. the, the After Effects, and it worked again. 
And yeah. the whole time, that, that amped it up for me as well. So I think playing that video package that a lot of people might not have seen after last week's Raw to kick this one off was like a continuation of the story from last week. Like, we picked up right where we left off. Exactly. And I thought and, it was brilliant. And they showed stuff we may not have seen last week. Uh, as I said, that video package was great, you know, focusing on Edge's twitching hands and some of the other superstars backstage. You know, our truth had a great line where he goes, I thought they were friends. Like, it was a bunch of, it was a bunch of really good stuff. Um, so yeah, Curtis Axel was back there, had an edge t-shirt on already that they, they were, they had just right. been out like for five minutes and he's already got one on. So yeah, it's lots of good stuff. Can't in blame this, man. the man. Yeah. Can't blame the man. What was Curtis Axel doing when, uh, when edge was, 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 was had to retire, you know? So his losing streak uh, a, was starting, I believe. <laughs> uh, that was, uh, yeah. So it's, it's. I, I agree. I th- I think that the, if you if you get a, a emotionally invested in this segment, it worked. If you're not, it dragged a little bit. But I'm I'm 100 there with this. Bring bring it on. Give me more. I'm also loving another top feud, which is the Viking Raiders and Kevin Owens uh, versus AOP Buddy Murphy, which we had in a six man tag team elimination match. Of course, uh, Seth Rollins standing on the outside. Samoa Joe not there because he was quote unquote injured a week or two ago on Raw doing a dive. There's now speculation he may have violated the wellness policy. It's really, really loose speculation at this point, so please take that with a huge grain of salt. Okay. Uh, but it would explain why that injury angle seemed a little worked um, to me. But uh, I I rather hope that it's... I, uh, I actually almost kind of hope that it's just a, a lame wellness policy violation thing. Uh, and he's back in a month as opposed to a genuine injury because Joe gets injured enough. We yeah. don't need another one on his record. Um, but now Kevin Owens is, uh, does not have his running buddy. He's got a team with the Viking Raiders, and they got taken out pretty quickly uh, by some skullduggery by Seth Rollins and um, ended up Kevin Owens alone versus Buddy Murphy and the AOP. He ended up getting it down to just Razor uh, when Seth Rollins got involved again in Razor clothesline the absolute hell out of Owens and then double uh what do you what do you do uh double slammed him to the ground and uh, that was it one two three Kevin Owens loses here um so real quick before we move on to the next element of this view which they did a good job of spreading out through the entire show mm-hmm. um what what do you first of all what do you think about Razor getting uh except for distraction, a fairly clean pin on Kevin Owens here. And two, what do you think is the ultimate plan now that Joe is injured? Is it going to be a, a – like, are they – I mean, is this good for the Viking Raiders in a sense? Or uh, how do you think I, this is going to work? Yeah, I think the Viking Raiders challenge for the titles and we end up with Viking Raiders AOP at Mania for the Raw Tag Championships. Uh, that's the big bullet that I see. How we get there, I haven't figured out yet. And Joe going out injured is a, a huge anomaly in all of that. So – We'll see what happens, but uh, it's a lot of hurry up and wait right now because I mean we got a long way to go to Mania. It seems like it's going to be here next week before we know it, um, seemingly. But the it, we got a long way to go. We got a couple of pay per views to get through. Who knows how these titles can change hands? They changed hands on TV when they put them on Seth and Buddy. So I mean, who knows what could happen as we go through this with with Samoa Joe out of the picture. That makes me think they might fast-track the um, getting them back off of Seth and Buddy and putting them on the Raiders so that AOP can challenge for them, and that's how, <laughs> you know, it's... 
I, I just don't see if you, who is who's going to oh, challenge. Oh, wishful, wishful, wishful thinking. Wishful yeah. Thinking oh God, I, t- find me somebody that wouldn't like to see War Machine versus AOP at WrestleMania. I think a lot of people wouldn't. Everybody. And that's why that it, no, I think I don't. I, you do because you know them from a ways back and you like them. But like a lot of people who have not watched them come up or haven't seen War Raiders in Japan, they don't know. They've got WWE main roster has to build this on their own. And right now it's not there yet. And that's why they put the titles on Buddy Murphy and Seth Rollins. Right. Um, so, I mean, I get their logic of putting it on them. They want to have Seth have something around his waist uh, to give him some sort of power when he goes out there and speaks. So yeah. it Look makes sense to me. Well, you can Roman still have Viking Corbin. Raiders and AOP without the titles. And the fact that we're still kind of getting that is pretty cool. It is. They're I'm finding not, a way to get it all in there. I'm not complaining at all, but you asked me okay. what they were going to do if the if the titles are going to make um if it's going to make a difference with Joe going out and I, I mean I think it's what they should have done in the first place. Look at what they're doing with Roman over on SmackDown. And you're diving off the deep end though. You're like, oh well, well Joe's gone. Oh, they can put the titles back on the Viking Raiders and have AOP fight for him now. Sure. It's great. I'm like, what? How? What? No, that I think the 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 trajectory is still going to remain the same. It's just Viking Listen, Raiders are going to get more TV now. What did we talk about last week? Fail fast, right? This re- not failed at all. I think That's putting him saying. on you Seth was, and Buddy was a, was a huge failure. You think WWE doesn't think that Vince doesn't think that. So why do you suddenly? Why are you suddenly predicting it's going to be different? <sighs> look at this. Look at look at this realistically. It's 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 not a failure by any stretch yet. This is exactly why Vince put it on him was to give him strength. It still looks like Seth is strong. Uh, it elevates Buddy Murphy, and you can still have AOP look like the big strong thugs by beating Kevin Owens. Yeah, Razor beat Kevin Owens, even though there was a little bit of. You know, distraction, AOP still looks strong here. And uh, I'm just saying, I think it's good for Viking Raiders because they're going to get on TV more because Kevin Owens is going to need backup. Yep. So from that sense, it's good for Viking Raiders. But don't go off the deep end and suddenly say, oh, they're going to have the tag titles go back down to between AOP and Viking Raiders. I I would love that as well, but I don't think it's realistic. I guess that's what I'm saying. That's not the deepest of the deep ends I've gone off of. So. Oh, oh no. That's like like the three-foot deep that's like that's like the kitty deep end you know what i mean uh, it's, it's but, plausible <laughs> <laughs> it's right it, it still could feasibly happen right yes it's not <laughs> it's not the mariana trench that you've been down into a couple exactly, of times exactly but this wasn't all for these guys we also had uh, a main event of the evening which was brock lesnar apparently needs to have some sort of challenger at super showdown i don't know we just had a whole royal rumble so someone could face, could face him at WrestleMania. I guess it was just for the t- title shot at WrestleMania. So, whatever. But you, still, we had a, a, a just three-way that little match. Thing. Right. We had a three-way match. Three guys apparently were randomly picked to possibly face Brock Lesnar in Saudi Arabia at Super Showdown. And those three people randomly were Seth Rollins, Bobby Lashley, and Ricochet. Because why not? Um, if you're looking at this from the outside in, uh, there's uh, it, it, there was no one it made more sense to go to than Ricochet here because Ricochet recently is, I think, the only other guy on the roster who had beef with Brock Lesnar. Uh, they kicked each other in the ghoulies on alternating shows. Ricochet took his from Brock on the uh, Raw before Royal Rumble and then gave it right back at the Royal Rumble, kicked Brock in the ghoulies, and that's what allowed Drew McIntyre to claymore Brock Lesnar out of the ring and cost me uh, my championship ch- hopes at, uh, at our Pick'em's Challenge. But that's beside the point. Uh, we, this was actually a really fun match, and during it, we had interference from AOP and Buddy Murphy at first, and then Kevin Owens and Viking Raiders came out to avenge their loss and chased everyone off. So it was back down to Seth Rollins, Lashley, and Ricochet. And by God, Nick, Ricochet pinned Bobby Lashley 
clean as a whistle. And Ricochet is going to be going on to face Brock Lesnar at Super Showdown. That part's not a surprise, but watching Ricochet pin Bobby Lashley was certainly, it felt good. Felt good. It, it does. I'm scared, though. <laughs> you know, I, 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 Brock works stiff. We know Ricochet can take a punch and take a take a licking. We've seen him do it. We're not worried oh, about no, it. I'm not worried about. I'm not worried about that. Um, but uh, are we burying Ricochet as part of this, feeding him to Brock, so to speak, as we've seen done so many times at this point? And I, my my heart of hearts wants to say no. That this is a real opportunity. But we all know that ultimately it's just it, it's going to end up being Drew McIntyre at Mania. So is this just yeah. an intermediary fluff for the time being for for the Saudi oil money show? It's, yeah, it's spectacle for the blood money show, and that's pretty much all it is. I will say this: um, if you're if you're inside that system, getting a match with Brock is is definitely an accolade. Like you're getting to go up against our top guy. Yes, you're not going to win the title, but you're getting a one-on-one match with him. And that is not something that everyone gets. Samoa Joe got it. Braun Strowman got it. AJ Styles got it. Daniel Bryan got Finn. it. Like top, top Finn Balor. Top guys get that ability. So from that sense for Ricochet, I know that afterwards he kind of got torn apart on Twitter because he was saying, yay, I'm going to face Brock. And everyone's kind of like, you're going to lose to Brock. We don't care. And he was like, come on, guys. Can't we be excited about this a little bit? And, uh, you know, people came back and him saying, no, dude, we'd have no faith in the product. So why should we be excited about this? Right. But I actually, I see him as being genuinely excited. And honestly, Ricochet, the man, Ricochet, the wrestler, I can understand why he's excited about this. He's main eventing a pay-per-view with Brock Lesnar. For him, that's a big deal. And that's pretty cool. For, for me, that's viewers, a big deal. It's a huge sure. deal. Sure. Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. And, and I'm happy for him. We're happy for him. We love Rick. We, we, go, we go back with Ricochet um, as fans here in Los Angeles. Uh, but unfortunately, as viewers, they're not going to get excited about this because we all know it's going to be Brock dominating. Ricochet has a bit of an underdog comeback and then 1F5 squash and done. Yep. That's just how it's going to be. And if it's anything but that, we'll be surprised. But Ricochet ain't winning this match. No. It's just not going to happen. Especially, especially, oh, the title's going to change hands in Saudi Arabia. You're going to take your WrestleMania where we're having Drew McIntyre right. versus. No, no, no. It's not going to happen. No, no. It ain't going to happen. No. So that, on, that, on that sense, it's, it's a little underwhelming. Um, but but conversely, I'm really happy for Ricochet. But unfortunately, like you said, I wonder how this is going to help him at all. This is going to lead. It's not going to uh, advance him to get beaten by Brock. You know, I know it's exciting in the moment to have a main event with a guy like Brock, but ultimately, what is this going to do for him? He's going to be another uh, dead piece of roadkill uh, behind Brock's hummy. Bro- Brock's hummy, hummy, Hummer, as he's running over him on the I five. I'm Sasha Banks, and now too, look at me, man. I'm catching whatever you got. Too much coffee. Uh, so. Yeah, I think that might be it. Uh, so that's one aspect of this. The other aspect is, and this is something that was pointed out in the discussion group, is is Ricochet a bad promo or is he being coached to be too earnest of a babyface? Because that backstage uh, promo that he had earlier in the show, everyone got a promo. Lashley and, and Ricochet got backstage promos. Seth got an in-ring promo. Ricochet's was very much like, gee, golly, Willikers, I'm just happy to be here, you know? And it, it, we've seen him cut fierce promos. We know he can be, like, 
yeah, I'm going to go out there and kick some butt. We can know he can do that. So to me, this really felt like he was being coached to be kind of like, gee golly willikers, I really hope that I do good today, boss. Yeah. You know, was it just me or did you get that from him as well? No, I, I got that totally. It was, you know, him playing that plucky underdog superhero figure uh, that all the kids are going to look up to and be like, go get him, Tiger. Yeah. Right. <laughs> the, that's, problem that's is, is. the problem is if Spider-Man continually got his ass kicked by the Green Goblin, we probably wouldn't want to root for Spider-Man as much. He kind of did. But he, you, he eventually beats him. Well, sure. You know what I mean? Like, ultimately, he gets the win. I don't see Ricochet ultimately getting any vindication on this, though. No. He's ultimately not going to beat the bad guy. Someone else, you know, Superman's going to come along. Drew's going to come along and beat Brock. And Spider-Man's going to be on the sideline being like, well, I had my shot. Mm. 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 Oh, well. I'm not as good as you, Drew. Love you, Rick. You're not winning the title. Sorry, man. Yeah. So I, I'm happy for him and also at the same time, kind of bummed. Yeah. Kind of bummed. But uh, speaking of Drew McIntyre, he came out. I I've got to say, dude, I'm I'm so relieved to have him be back to being a face after not seeing it on the main roster. He's back to being like the guy that was in NXT, just the big strong leader of the brand, like guy who can just totally like just charismatic with the crowd, you know, turn out turn in the middle of a of a promo and just be like, "Hey, by the way everybody, thanks for being here tonight. I know you had to get through some snow to be Sorry, I'm I'm saying this in the Tip Phil your Hartman. Bartenders in your wait staff on the way out. Yeah. If you mind. I don't know why Drew <laughs> just turned into Phil Hartman there. It was, you know, it's more like the Scottish side. All right, it's great that you're all here tonight. Ah, thank you very much. Here watching me kick the head off of Mojo Raleigh. Um, <laughs> which he did, by the way. He said I'm going to uh, as soon as I drop this mic, 3 seconds, then I'll kick your head off with a claymore. I'll claymore your head off. And he did. He did exactly that. He basically, Mojo Raleigh standing there looking all cocky. And Drew's bust down the mic. One, two, three. Boom. Mojo Raleigh. One, two, three for the pin. And Drew stands tall. So, Nick, I know you're with me on this. We like face Drew. We love that he's finally getting that massive, unbelievable push after all this time of, of us saying he's, he's blue chip. He is the man. He should be the future man. But... Is this a little bit too much like, lol, Drew wins. He's squashing dudes that like right and left. Is this, is this, is he now looking, is it too much? Is this going to backfire? No, because I think you can't come out of the gate so hot as, you know, we like I say at the top of the show, we've got three months to go. Let's pace it out a little bit. If he wants to go beat up uh, Mojo Raleigh and, you know, make a spectacle of him with his, I, I think what it is is they're trying to get the three, two, one thing over. And this was an easy way to try and do that with his promo. So, yeah, more of that is fine with me. It's, you know, everybody's going to go, <laughs> Drew's amazing. Three, two, one. And we're all going to laugh and we're going to start counting. And three months from now, when he does it to Brock two or three times, we're all going to be, gonna doing, be it. doing it. And it's going to feel really good. Yep. Honestly, so, like, I think that's the big payoff. You know, like we said last week, is the three, two, one thing is a little goofy now, <laughs> but it, Honestly, it's going to catch on the way that Burn It Down did. Yeah, and I was going to say, so wasn't it, Burn It Down a year ago, you know? Yeah, and it's it's going to work. And again, I think it's I think one thing that works about Drew that didn't work about Cena, didn't work about Reigns, is that just kind of casual affability with the crowd. Um, it doesn't feel fake. It doesn't feel forced. It doesn't feel plastic. It feels like he's genuinely happened, happy to be where he is. He has genuinely done the work. Yeah, he was told he was going to be the future, and then 
was fired and told to go, you know, fix his ish and then come back. And he did. Boy, did he. He went and be and grew up and became a man and came back. And then they were like, cool, you're going to sit in limbo for it. You're going to be big in NXT, but then you're going to sit in limbo on the main roster for a while. And he said, cool, I will. You and know, he did. Um, the funny part of the bit about this that I always think about is had Drew not torn his bicep and dropped the title to Andrade, yeah. where would we be right now two years mm. after that? Uh, had was Drew on that fast track to come up, and th- was this the plan for Drew when he yeah. did drop the title in the NXT Championship to to Andrade two years ago? I don't know. Maybe they would I don't had know this if there on was hold. Room for him, may, uh, may, but there wasn't room for him then, and then no more than when he finally did come up. Yeah, that's a good point. So I don't, I don't know. Um, it was definitely something where they just had to keep him orbiting until the Seth Rollins experiment fell apart because, you know, Seth couldn't keep his natural personality off of Twitter. Yeah. And all of a sudden, that opened up the room. I'm like, we look back on this. We're going to look back on these years as saying the Romans experiment, the Roman experiment derailed because Vince pushed it too hard and then ultimately worked out because of the, the leukemia diagnosis. But then he, had to, he couldn't push Roman anymore because he was worried about him being sick. So they had to push Seth. They didn't push Braun for whatever reason. They didn't make him the top guy. And then the Seth thing failed. And so then it was time for Drew. And ultimately, it's going to look like, well, crap, it, it, it took a while, but we got there. The sad thing is, is if you look at, um, and I, this is something I think that popped up in my feed this week and it made me kind of think, um, was after Royal Rumble 2015, that was probably one of the biggest backlashes to WWE of the decade was the outcome of WrestleMania 15, of Royal Rumble 15. Yep. The huge backlash, putting Roman over the way that they did. And uh, a lot of people were, oh, we're going to cancel the network. We're going to stop watching. And Vince said, eh, they'll be back. Their ratings have halved uh, on average since then. And they've, uh, excuse me, the dropped overall viewing is down 65%, or down uh, 35% to, it is 65% of what it was. Mm. So they've had an enormous drop off since then because people were unhappy with the product. Uh, because of a lot of those choices. So it's going to be hard to say that you know, there's, a, there's an easy through line like, oh, this was the plan all along. This wasn't. Yeah. This came about because of happenstance. They tried other things. They didn't work out. And so now they're left with Drew. Luckily, I think that at this time, with this scenario, he is the right guy. Whether or not he can bring it back and get viewers back, I don't know. That's going to depend entirely on how they handle him. His... his uh, Everything that he has going for him, all of his tools, all of his abilities, he's absolutely able to do that. It's a matter of if they let him. Um, That's a great I, way I to say it. Absolutely. And, and I, I think they're going to. I, I think so far, so good. So far, so good. And I think let's pace this out. Skeptically optimistic. Not even skeptically. Like, I'm all in on Drew. Like, I was all in I'm on all Drew in for on the Drew. Rumble, and I'm, I'm already all in on him winning the title off of Brock at WrestleMania. I'm all in on Drew, but I'm already starting to get worried about them having him beat legit tag teams two-on-one and crushing guys like Mojo um, this way. Like I'm already like, oh, don't, don't have him be too much of a squasher. Yeah. Like, keep him... I know that Brock has now been elevated to this sort of super realistic point where he's just, you know, S-tier out out of the stratosphere but i know you have to build drew to the point where you can b- make people believe that he could take brock out 
but don't do it too hard. That's been the problem. Yeah. So I guess that's the one thing I'm kind of getting nervous about seeing him decimate Mojo like this and do it in a humiliating way where he literally calls his shot and does it. So that's the one thing that made me go, oh, about this. It's like, don't screw up the Drew. You guys have it, it right yeah, now. I don't think it's screwing up the Drew. I think it's not yet. Not yet. I'm saying it's, yeah. the, it's a, it could if they keep doing this kind of thing. They, they've they've elevated Mojo Raleigh from catering to our truth status by putting him on the belt and having him with a sort of jobber's entrance and you know just being in the ring when we come back from commercial, all of that stuff, and having him come out and just take a lick from Drew McIntyre like this. It's the same kind of stuff we would see, you know, those other lower mid card guys would do. So I'm not I'm not too terribly mad at this. I mean, you you see these kind of squashes all the time, and it's if you think about it in the the meta sense, Mojo's not a small dude. It's not like he's some little squishy no. jobber out there. So it it elevates Drew to even be that much stronger, that much bigger, because he's putting down Mojo I mean, Raleigh. I've, I've stood next to Riddick Moss, and he's huge, and he looks tiny next to 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 Mojo Raleigh. Yeah. So that's that gives you an idea, right? Um, so, I, so I like it. It's it's I like the fact that Mojo's getting the title where he's getting some TV time and we're getting to see Drew squash somebody, but it's not just somebody. It's a big ass ex defensive end, you know, kind yeah. of dude, right? So yeah. I'm I was okay with this. I'm I'm not I'm not too terribly bent out of shape about this. I'm not bailing water yet on Drew. So you you're saying you have no problem with a grown man taking a licking from a sexy Scotsman? I don't. All right. I like it. Moving on, we also had the queen herself, Charlotte, came out to once again tease that she might have an opponent at WrestleMania. Uh, basically, come out to say, yeah, I'm probably not going to choose anybody just yet. The crowd started chanting Rhea Ripley, and kind of, I think in the back they kind of went, ah, shit, they're on to us. Yep. And sure enough, out came Rhea Ripley. As we said here on the show, we said this was likely what was going to happen because nothing else made sense, and by God, they just went right for it. Uh... Rhea Ripley came out and said, you know, you've never beaten me. In fact, you know what, Charlotte? I've beaten you. So if you're going to challenge a champion, maybe challenge one that you haven't beaten. Mm. And Charlotte just kind of looked at her and just, you know, queened on past her and left. And they hit, they hit her music. She walked to the top of the ramp, gave one woo, and took off. And Rhea was just standing there with her weird new uh, contact lenses, making her eyes look yellow. <laughs> And uh, held up her belt. And that was that. Uh, and we got the announcement later in the show that Charlotte will be down on NXT TV uh, to respond this week. So, Nick, it's now looking like it's fait accompli. Ooh. We're going to get Charlotte and Rhea at WrestleMania. It's it's pretty – at this point, I'm, I'm safe with saying it's pretty much done. It's a done deal. Oh, totally. Uh, the question are becomes – are they actually going to put the NXT Women's Championship, or sorry, just the NXT Championship on Charlotte Flair and have her go back right. down a la Finn Balor? Uh, you know, at, that, that would not wanna, suck. Dude, how much do they want to make NXT a true third brand? If you have Charlotte as the champ in NXT, uh, bringing, I mean, she is one of the most popular female wrestlers. If not, I mean, you know, whatever controversy aside, people, oh, she gets too many wins, whatever. She is a huge figure in WWE. Um, obviously, Becky, I think, higher at this point. But nevertheless, Charlotte is a massive figure. If she goes down to NXT as well, that is an enormous boost for that brand. And 
uh, a big sign that they really do want to go all in with making NXT uh, a full third brand. And I say that only because I I don't at this point in her career see Charlotte putting over Rhea Ripley mm, at WrestleMania. No, no. You know what I mean? No. I, I can't see that at this point. I could see it getting elevated into some kind of triple threat. And so where both of them end up looking, staying strong, Rhea retains, and it becomes a feud of sorts, and Charlotte ends up still going to continue to pursue it. I um, think that would be a bit of an underwhelming finish after this build. Well, but I mean, we yes, saw it I last year happen where they threw Charlotte into the, the man versus Ronda Rousey. So And everyone hated it. And we everyone all was like, effing why? hated it. So yeah. that doesn't mean they're not going to do it again. My point being is like last week, like I, I was calling out that it's Raw is crowded because we've got both Becky and Charlotte. Why did we put Charlotte over on Raw with Becky, we sh- she she can't carry a brand like or, or Bailey can't carry a brand like Charlotte or Becky could. Uh, Agreed so with remember, that. We, remember, yeah. we were talking about that. So that's what I'm thinking. Yeah. Like Shayna's not gone, but gone. We've got Rhea down there now. Well, I got thoughts on that one. We'll get to that when we talk about the uh, another segment coming up here. Uh, I, that's where I was going with the triple threat thing. So. <laughs> uh, Stay tuned on that one. We'll see. Okay, well, let's let's talk about another part of the women's division first, then. Let's talk about Lana versus Liv Morgan 2, which was the second thing that happened on the show after the Randy Orton thing. And, I mean, as soon as it started, Lana came out, and then Liv Morgan came out to Lana's entrance for some reason. They had a few technical problems on the show, and you know what? Yo, it was a blizzard. Yeah. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to allow it on this one. Um but just right off the bat, I'm like, oh, God, Lana versus Liv to kill me. But wait, sure enough, there's but it more. Was quick, <laughs> it, was a quick, it was a quick match. Uh, Lana feigned an injury and then had a little bit of a, a Healy comeback before Liv gave her the flatliner, and it was done. And all right, quick and out, great. And then Ruby Riot came out. Boom. Ruby Riot's music hits, and Ruby Riot is back now with green hair, which – I'm not as much of a big fan of I love the red hair, but hey, whatever, she's back, and I'm super excited about that because Ruby Riot is fan-goddamn-tastic. I was for about three seconds. Uh, and then she got in the ring, and instead of embracing Liv, she put her to the floor, beat the crap out of, our, out of her, and, uh, and left the pickings for Lana, who then beat up Liv some more. And now Ruby Riot is still heel and looks like we're going to be getting some sort of feud with her and live. Now you're shaking your head, Nick. What do you not like about this? Uh nothing right yet. Nothing yet. <laughs> what the what? <laughs> well, okay. What do I not like about this? Why you were oh, the one on. w- the one way you brought Ruby Riot back was to embroil her in the middle of the Lana Lashley stuff. Do you think that that's what this is, or are they splitting off? Live from that feud now, and we're going to go into Live versus Ruby, and a feud, and a feud that could elevate both women potentially. Sure, I, that I'm down with. If that's what we end up doing, but Lana needs to get the f away from this. Like agreed. The, the, like the whole Lana Lashley Rusev thing needs to be done. I'm just waiting for Rusev to come back and for those two to end up getting back together somehow. Like it's it's Reports inevitably going to happen. Reports are they're pretty much done with it, and Rue said they got nothing for him right now. So Great. it, yeah, Fantastic. That, that so glad we put him through that, that shit again. So glad we did all of that. Ah, uh, but Rue, <laughs> Rue, where hast thou gone, Rue? But if this does end up being Ruby and Liv in their own feud, I'm down with the great, great. Um. If Lana is the third wheel in that, I'm going to be a little bit gripey. That's because, my beer. 
I don't know that she adds anything to it um, other than being a loudmouth, annoying heel, which is a role, and that could end up being another element to this as long as ultimately it does help make Ruby and Liv look better. That's all I care about because both of those women are, are great performers and they need more good performers in their women's division that we can believe in and back. Not yeah. like, you know, Carmela's who, who no one really believes in or um, Alexa's who are kind of falling off and, and off on the sidelines, like not really being, or Mandy and, and Sonia who they never really were able to get off the ground. Um, so yeah, if they can do something good with Ruby and live here, hell yes. Heal Ruby, um, people are, people are wanting to get behind Liv. You can hear that whenever she like she comes out. People want to be behind Liv. They're bummed at her. Like she came back not in a way that anybody really wanted. It was kind of lame. They're just kind of dusting that under the carpet right now and going like, okay, it's just Liv Morgan. She just doesn't have pink hair and she's wearing like the black cat outfit now. Yeah, right. So it's like, oh, okay. What was all of that? My biggest that? fear is that Ruby somehow aligns with Lana. Yeah, that would suck. But then who does Liv go get? I don't know. But, yeah, I mean, that, I think no, I, I what if Ruby comes out and goes, no, Liv is mine, not yours, Lana, and it turns into oh, some three-way no. thing. Nick! Nick! I'm, I'm so him. sorry. Don't I, I forgot that they listen. I'm, I'm just, I'm sorry. Oh. I didn't mean for that to come out that way. Please don't do that, creative. No. <sighs> Nick, open your mouth and poop came out. Uh, so I just again I just hope that the crowd bites on this I feel like people are starting to get behind Liv um, I just hope people bite on this because uh, you know that's really all it's going to matter like Vince isn't going to do this if people don't care about it right so everyone if you're listening to this and you're going to a live show <laughs> please cheer this on try to get this working okay. uh, please uh, still in the women's division Natalia versus Asuka uh, uh Man, I love being reminded that Natalia's a good worker. And her and Asuka always does that to me. They Damn. just that looked that looked great. This is just a bunch of fantastic Matt grappling. Um, no real stakes. <laughs> but they got the crowd into it by the end. And they were working nice and stiff, a little too stiff. Asuka kicked Natty in the face, gave her a black eye. Big mouse by the end of the match. Good. Uh what do you mean good? What's your cat ears gonna do for that now? <laughs> Jesus Christ, man! <laughs> Not a fan of Natty uh, no. over there in London, is Mister Nick? No. Um, did you did you enjoy this at all, Nick? Or you just were like, uh, don't like Natty? Mur. I mean, it feels below Oscar at this point a little bit, um, but I understand that it's to get it's to get Becky and Oscar uh, back at each other. It looks like we're going to get more Becky and Oscar, which I'm not it mad does. at. Well, this ended with uh, with Natalia eating a pin. She tapped out to the uh, to the Oscar lock. Good to see her using that again. Sub. Yes. Um, and then Becky came out with her deal with it sunglasses. She literally had sunglasses painted to look like the, the gif, the deal with it gif and, uh, came out and Oscar screaming and yelling about, you know, in Japanese at first. And then in English, I want a rematch with Becky. And Becky came out and was like, you know what? The last time I beat you, it made me feel great. Feel like it gave me superpowers. Uh, yeah. You want a rematch? Sure. Let's do it. Yeah. Cool. No problem. Kyrie tried to jump her from the back. She's like, no, no, I see you kick the crap out of her. Put the deal with the sunglasses back on and walked away. While Asuka was in the ring kind of feeling feeling angry about the whole thing. Next is, week we're getting Becky versus Asuka again. Is Asuka still as powerful now that we've seen Becky 
defeat the mist. I don't want to say, def- I mean, but defeat the mist, like figure out a way around it. Is is Oscar? Does that take away from Oscar's likeliness to to win, or is it just all about finding the right, the better moment to to mist her? Because that feels like the finishing move now of Oscar, not the backpack lock, the Oscar lock. Well, I feel like the mist is secondary here. I I, I think there's something else afoot. I don't think they would have this rematch so soon on a non-pay-per-view if there wasn't something else going on. I'd like to hope that, Nick. I really hope next week we don't get to the show and it's just Becky beats Asuka again and that's that and there's nothing else that comes of it because that would suck. But if it's Becky has a match with Asuka and before the match concludes, Shayna Baszler comes out and chokes out Becky or something like that where it sets up her next feud... Then you have my attention. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Asuka can move on to something else or not. Uh, or there can be something else afoot where Asuka and Becky aren't done yet, which I would be down with as well because they've Same. established that they're, they're good in the ring together. Um, and I, I, I wouldn't be mad at their feud continuing, No, to be honest with you, as long as it was there was some sort of advancement. Something else has to happen here. Um, some other way to put Becky in jeopardy with Asuka. And keep Oscar looking dangerous. It was great that they had this match with Natty where she looked genuinely dangerous uh, because they needed to re- reestablish that. And honestly, I thought they did a great job with this match of doing that. Oscar looked dangerous in this mm-hmm. match. Natty looked game. She looked as good as she has, has looked in a while because she was in there working with someone who can work technically and get on the mat and grapple with her and look crisp and look sharp. And it was good. Um, and it made both of them look better. By doing that kind of match, it made Oscar look more dangerous. It made Natty look capable, and then it made Oscar look better for being able to beat a capable Natty. Yeah. And then when Becky comes out and says, Psst, "I got your number now," now it's all intriguing. So all of that really worked together uh, in terms of building all of these different parts. The only person I felt who's left out in the cold a little bit was Kyrie. Kyrie's kind of out in the cold in this whole thing. That's okay. But she though. has been. You know, is it? it, it, it I'm okay. Are you okay with that? I'm okay with it for now. Um, we we don't have. I mean, they they put out something today that they crested the the iconics for the longest tag team champions. Yeah, 121 uh, days, like 120 days, like four, 100, 100, four months, 121. right? Yeah. So great, congratulations. You know, and they'll They've probably like, they'll probably hold on to them because there's what I mean. You got Bliss and Cross, like four defenses, Fire yeah. and Desire, and are the iconics going to come back and challenge for them? Who knows where the iconics are? I wish I knew. I love the iconics. Why aren't we seeing them on TV? Why aren't they coming back and challenging so that Becky can, or that Oscar can go off and challenge Becky for the Raw Women's Championship? Uh, there's a lot of stuff that doesn't make sense around this, and I mean, if you if you get closer to Mania and somehow Shayna gets inserted into this, who knows? So I I don't know. I'm hoping for a swerve next week. I'm Same. hoping for something to happen with this match. Like this, not just a straight up rematch. Something happens. Yeah, and it and it knocks Becky off of her pedestal a little bit. Um, puts her more in danger again. You know, I don't mind. I thought the glasses were fun, but you, you're in danger of making Becky look overconfident and goofy. But you know, I'm not. I'm not criticizing it yet because it was fun, and I like having a little bit. I like allowing top, uh, top that their top performers to show a little bit of humor, humanity, um, other aspects to their character besides just I'm a badass, right? It, that's fun. So. Yeah, but it's not 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 too much. No. A uh, couple other things on Raw that you may not have seen, Nick, if you just watched the Hulu. But uh, there was a fan freaking tastic match 
between Ray, well, it was supposed to be a get from with Humberto Carrillo, mm. but ended up being Rey Mysterio versus Angel Garza. Angel Garza has shown up on the main roster to seduce all of your women. That's right. Look out, everybody. Put it in my eye holes. I, I Put just, your mother all away. All these guys. Holy smokes. Hide your sisters. Hide your mothers. Hide your grandmothers. So Angel Garza is, is here. Is this basically just a hot shot to uh, cover Andrade being out for his wellness policy violation? That's the rumor. That's basically the speculation that's going on is they needed to continue this feud with everybody here. And it just made sense to bring up Humberto Carrillo's cousin, Angel Garza. They automatically had a, a storyline. They did that. They established that. Uh, Carrillo's in the ring waiting for a match. Out comes Alina to say, hey, look who I brought. Your freaking cousin. Uh, and Angel gets in the ring and says, I'm the leader of this family. You're a disgrace. You suck, and I'm going to beat your ass and show you. And he gave him a, a, a wing clipper and then took him outside and gave him a hammerlock DDT on exposed concrete. What's, what's, what's with um, the DDTs went, on exposed he concrete? Went, excuse me. Uh, and then Rey Mysterio came out for the save, and then we had a match between Rey Mysterio and Angel Garza, which ended when Angel Garza hammerlock DDT'd Rey on the, on the concrete as well and caused the DQ. So uh, it is looking like Angel's going to be up for a few weeks at least to cover for Andrade while he's out. Um, and frankly, there's a lot that's good about this. Mm -hmm. One, I love the fact that we've established there's this whole... I mean, we, were, we, were, we called this out when they first drafted all these guys to Raw, that you have a whole Latino division. You could have work together. Rey Mysterio is going to be sitting there going, I want to put all these guys over and make these guys a big deal. That's just what Rey does. And it's ex that's exactly how it's playing out, is we're having an ongoing storyline involving the U.S. title, no, no less, where it, we're bringing in families now. They should bring that in more, Nick, is bringing the family aspect of it. I would love to bring that out. Be like, hey, there's, a, there's history with these luchador families, there's with with both within the families and between the families, like I, just bring that all out. Um, my only question, Nick, is: Do you feel the crowd didn't connect to it because of where they were, or how they've built the the individual characters here, or why wasn't the crowd a hundred percent behind this and chanting what a lot through this? Why why do you think that was? I, I'm well, maybe they don't know who he is, but I mean, just first and foremost. Garza Dong has ascended to the main roster. Let's <laughs> let's all sit back and relish in that for for a moment. He's been on NXT for like six yes. weeks, and he's, he's all he's, of a sudden now he's a superstar. He has been erected to the main main roster now. I, I didn't and, say uh, that you did, but I what what I said. We just saw we just saw Angel Garza rip his pants off and and wing clip on the main roster. That's yes. a big effing deal. That's how high they are on that guy right now. But and, and this is what I I'm hearing is that with this more. is, but it's temporary. Is what I'm hearing is this is just to cover Andrade and then he'll go away again back down to NXT. I, I, my addendum to that is unless he impresses Vince, you know, unless Vince kind of goes, oh no, I like that guy, make him stick around, and we, and which is what I'm hoping for mm -hmm. because Angel Garza and Zelina Vega and Andrade as a faction mm. Mm, against say Rey Mysterio, Kalisto. Or whoever, Rey Mysterio and uh, Humberto Carrillo and whatever, whoever else they can find to stick in that group, uh, whether it's Kalisto or anyone else from Lucha House Party or, or you know, wh whoever they find. Um, that was going to be my second point is like I see Humberto and Angel Garza getting all this attention and I feel really bad for Lindsay and Metalik. And I'm, I'm sitting yeah, there going like, and Kalisto. I mean, Kalisto's had it. He's had his moments. 
right? He's at least had the, the Cruiserweight <laughs> Championship, even though it was off of Enzo, whatever, all that stuff, right? But I'm sitting here going, Lindsay Dorado and Metalik are amazing. They've just yeah. not been given a chance. What I feel like they're getting passed over, and I feel I feel kind of bad for them. I don't have the the WWE schedule in front of me, so I don't know where they're heading to. Um, but regardless of who they plug into this, if you have all of these performers and you run this program in a city like Corpus Christi, Texas, or here in Los Angeles, or anywhere El Paso where, or something like sure, that, sure, right? anywhere where you're a little bit down closer to a lot of that lucha tradition. Um, and you have these guys screaming at each other in Spanish in the ring, it's going to play like it's going to be bonkers. It's going to be a lot better than, say, in Salt Lake City, where everyone in the crowd is kind of sitting there going, like, what are they, what are they saying? What are they saying? What? Uh, hey, guys, what? do you know it's snowing outside? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I, I just I, – I want, I want this to succeed because I, I love lucha wrestling, obviously, and um, I love all of these performers. And I think they have something here. Uh, I just hope that they they continue this and the, and uh, I want the, I want people to connect to this. Yeah. Um, interesting little bit about history here. So Rey Mysterio had a match tonight, February 2020, with Angel Garza. 21 years ago was the last time that Rey Mysterio had a match in Salt Lake City for WWE, and that match was against Angel Garza's uncle Hector Garza. Mm. That shit funny writes itself. Bit. Funny, funny little mm. bit of history there. So, uh, one more thing, Nick, on uh, on this episode of Raw, and that was Alistair Black had a squash match. He, he murdered Eric Young. Well, I was gonna say I, I got really excited. Excuse I'm like, me. oh my god, Eric Young's back. Oh, <laughs> oh nope, he's he's dead. Oh no, he, no, he's enhancement now. He's just enhancement. Great. Poor guy. Poor guy. Long live sanity. Uh, <laughs> shortly lived yeah. with sanity, unfortunately. Uh, but yeah, but here was the interesting thing was after Alistair dispatched with him, he got out a microphone and cut what I can only describe as an NXT Alistair promo a little bit like with some of the, the, like the tropes of the main roster, Alistair, like the over enunciating of certain words and pushing certain things home, but it felt a lot more like an Alistair NXT promo. Um, and I got to thinking, if someone backstage let him have a little bit more control over his speech writing or his promos or what, because it definitely felt different than those backstage promos they had him give. Yeah. Um, and you know, and, and it would it would do it injustice to summarize it, but I'm going to try. Essentially, he said everyone is told they can be anything when they're young, and that's not necessarily true. But I'm going to kick everyone's ass backstage, and when they do, they're going to realize that I'm a guy that was told he could be anything and did it. Yeah. Which, okay. honestly, it was a great – dude, that crowd was into this promo too. Not, even, not only that, he had a light change in the middle of it where like, he sat down cross-legged at a, at, a, at a certain dramatic point, and it got, the lights got dark. and The crowd was down with this. So he just showed he can go out there and p- do a good promo. And if this was a brass ring moment, then I think he nailed it. Yeah. So I'm not going to lie, Nick. This made me hopeful. This made me hopeful. I don't know if I don't know if you appreciate it the same way. If you were still, if you're I, still skeptically optimistic I on did, it, I didn't get to see this. This wasn't on the Hulu edition. It wasn't, which was tragic because yeah. it was, 
It was good. You can see it on YouTube, though. When I, when I watch the Hulu edition, I have to spend the next three days going mining for clips of the 500 clips they update uh, after every show uh, and just watch all of those on YouTube. But, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to going back and watching this. I've got a DVR at home, so I'll probably watch the full show tomorrow when I get home. So, I definitely recommend this part. Yeah. It, was, it, it took me from being uh, pessimistic about Alistair's future to being past skeptically optimistic and all the way into being optimistic. Yeah. So all around, very strong Raw show this week. I'm happy to say. Mm. I'm happy to say. Very, very strong. Uh, I loved it a lot. So Nice. How did you, I mean, how did you feel about it? Uh, given, given your schedule and what you got to see over there in London, like what was your overall sense of the show? It's, it's still kind of hitting on most cylinders. Like Raw is in this sort of renaissance where it's coming back around. And I, I want to give credit where credit's due. We spent the better part of two years shitting all over everything that was Monday Night Raw. Um, a lot of it because of Roman pushing, and a, but a lot, and a lot of it because of Brock. But I'm, I'm looking at this going, I'm, I'm really in, like six, three to six, three, four months ago, I was even saying on this show, like, I don't know, guys, I'm kind of checking out a little bit. I, I hate when I feel this way. Now, I'm, I'm all in on Raw. SmackDown's another conversation. We'll talk about that this weekend, as we have the last couple of weeks. But Raw is is kind of firing on most cylinders right now, so I'm I'm still enjoying a lot of this. And they've got some tiny little tweaks to make on um on the the dials. And I think a lot of this is going to get dialed in over the next couple of months as we head towards WrestleMania. So we'll see. Uh, I skeptically optimistic as always, but more optimistic than skeptical for sure. Yeah, I'm I'm loving it. Well, Nick, we've got time for a little bit more, so let's head over and talk about New Japan. Well, this week, New Beginning left Raleigh and went down to hot... At, well, I guess they had a stop in Miami as well. Uh, in between yeah. there. I, I, I don't know what time zone I'm in anymore. Uh, they had it in Atlanta this week, and we had yes. some surprises again happen at this show. Now, I... I had some surprises happen in Raleigh. We were skeptical about whether or not they were going to make this new U.S. tour thing that they were working on doing um, make it matter, I guess is the word I want to use. Yeah. They're right. making it matter. They're I making mean, it matter. Titles are changing hands. They're yeah. making major announcements for upcoming shows. Like it, They're making it a reason to come to these shows uh, and also giving you good matches. You had uh, Jeff Cobb and Lance Archer down in Atlanta, and apparently it was a great big man match and you even saw big man lance archer get tossed around in a tour of the islands when jeff cobb beat him so uh, yeah that was which was an, a hell of a thing to see nick jeff cobb is unfreaking real strong uh but you also the big news from the atlanta show is i'll be poor finn juice held the titles for like what 42 days less yeah like two weeks and gorillas of destiny just want him back Gorillas of Destiny are your champs again. Why even put them on Finn Juice in the first place? Yeah. Just to have a title change hands at Wrestle Kingdom? Like what? Well, it got Juice what? it got Juice over a little bit. It got him some hype back. He was missing a little bit of that mojo, but now that he's got it back, do we send him back on uh, a course towards the US title to get that back uh, after he lost it? I don't know. We could he, he theoretically look, he, he looks great with a belt. So we yeah uh, well we we're, we're currently having some someone else holds that belt right now, Nick. Uh, yeah, he's 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 <laughs> in a different he's in a different program. We'll talk about that in a second. Um, but here's the problem: 
So, yes, they're making stuff matter on this tour. You know, tag team titles are changing hands. Uh, Marty Skrull is showing up to to make announcements. You're getting, like, the Rock and Roll Express is getting in the ring with Tanahashi. Like, it's it's madness. It's, it's some incredibly good stuff. But overall, this tour was a financial loss for them. So one wonders if they're going to keep doing this if people don't show up. It's expensive to fly people to the other side of the world. Yeah. And and put them up on the other side of the world and drive them around and put on these shows. And they can't really charge too much for these shows either because they're having them in, like, armories. Right. And, you know, even when they come here to L.A. and we're paying, you know, 60 to 80 bucks a ticket to go down to the, the pyramid in Long Beach, even then they can't fill up the pyramid. Right. You know, I was down there for the, for the uh, Super Juniors tournament and it was about uh, half full, three quarters full. The Raleigh show was only about three quarters full. That's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. And I think it's just because people feel like they're not getting a big enough show. And I'm here to tell you, you're getting a big show. Like you're, you're getting a good goddamn wrestling show. Like if, just because if I not- could have bought one of the, 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 the lowest tier of tickets were like $35, but those always sell out the, the fastest. And I yeah. still only paid $50. And you guys saw from the videos that I was right next to the entrance ramp. Yeah, and, and you got your money's worth. Like you were saying, how much fun you had. It was worth the fifty bucks to get pictures. Oh my god, I got to. Oh, I touched the ace. Oh my god. <laughs> like I'd pay fifty dollars three saying. times over to like. I can now, I can now die, saying that you know peacefully that I got to see the ace wrestle and I touched him and I have a picture. Like on my casket, place a pic- my picture of me with Tanahashi. <laughs> Tanahashi. <laughs> I love it. This is kind of what I'm saying, man, is like, even though, like, you know, a lot of them are tag matches, there's not a whole lot of quote unquote big matches. Just because you're not getting Naito Okada doesn't mean you shouldn't go to one of these shows. Like, the right. tag matches can be wildly entertaining. Like, if you can go online and see it, Toriano and, uh, uh, and, and Colt Cabana and their just inability to get tag team wrestling to work for them is just hilarious. Uh, at this show, especially, where like Yano keeps laying down. <laughs> I forget who he was. I forget who they were facing. I think it was Robbie Eagles or something like that. He keeps laying him down, and Cole Cabana gets up on the on the turnbuckle to jump at him, but he's laying down on, on the other side of the ring. So Cabana's like, "No, no, no, roll him closer." And Yano's like, "No, you can make it. Come on, like just stuff like that." It's it's a lot of fun. So anyway, yeah. enough proselytizing about go well, to the new Japan hang on. Shows, Don't but. gloss over that. It's the Yano and um, Cole Kabumbo thing that's going on in New Japan right now is one of the best things. It's some of the best <laughs> comedy westling. I've ever seen. Not it's, that you're biased, but I agree. It's, it's fan, it it's, is fan it's freaking hilarious. fantastic. It's actually if you have the if you have the New Japan subscription, I recommend watching some of these just to see them work together. Uh, there's videos of, of it online too, just like clips of it's it's fantastic. You know, I got one. I'll post in the group later. Um, so here's another big thing on the road to New Beginning. We're having another New Beginning show this coming Sunday uh, in Osaka. That will be Moxley versus Suzuki to headline. They've been beating the crap out of each other all week, Nick. Every time they see each other, they just stand there and just laugh and hit each other, and it's glorious. Even like backstage, like you know, Suzuki is choking out Moxley, and Moxley's like hitting him, and then like kissing his forehead and being like, "God, I love hating you." Oh. It's just, it's, it's amazing, and they're actually getting their match this coming Sunday. But on the road to that show, we had a, an elimination match, a tag team elimination match, and at the end of that match, you know how last weekend uh, Zack Saber Jr. pinned Will Osprey in their Rev Pro Heavyweight Championship match, and we thought it was done. Yeah. Well, Osprey just got Saber down to the end of his elimination match and pinned him in the middle of the ring 
one, two, three. So he demanded a rematch for that same championship. And he's going to get it uh, at RevPro on February 14th in London. We're going to have Osprey versus Zack Sabre Jr. for the RevPro Heavyweight Championship again. A title that Zack has held, I believe, three or four times and Osprey has never held. So I don't know if you smell what I'm smelling, Nick. Mm Mm-hmm. But uh, I'm smelling a good match because this last one was great, too. Yeah, so, no kidding. Uh, fun stuff happening in New Japan. Obviously, we're just basically building up for March when we have the New Japan Cup, uh, which I can't wait for as well. But definitely some stuff worth checking out. Definitely. Well, guys, that is it for the graps this week. But we're going to head over and talk about what was our moments of positivity. <laughs> So, Ian, what was your? If you had to pick, my mop. Just one. What was my mop? Map. Whenever mop I hear, it up. whenever I hear that, all I think of is Wally, the little map, and he would do. Yeah. Map. That's fine. Yeah. That's, that's a that's a, that's a fun happy movie. Yeah. No, that, all right. That's my moment of positivity. Then go ahead. I'm just what, kidding. Is, is, <laughs> no, is it just Wally. it just makes me happy. The little map. That little map. All right. Well, no. What was your mop of wrestling this week? Oh, uh, considering I haven't watched too much, <laughs> I've been a little <laughs> fact- busy. The fact that you got to watch it at all somehow fitting into your schedule, like, oh, that's great! I was able to watch something. Uh, I was no, I was no. able to watch some of the recaps of on some of my other favorite YouTube shows, and you know, uh, watch a little bit of the Hulu edition that I could get to load in an alternative viewing source since I wasn't able to use my own paid stuff over here on the other side of the planet. But um, if I had to pick one thing, um, I'm gonna go with. Uh, the Randy Orton stuff where he's delivering some next level story. Hmm. And we're going to see, I mean, the stuff that Edge is selling and the story that Randy is telling, we don't really know why yet. And I think that is what's keeping us all kind of just, just like leaned in. And I, it's been a long time since I've felt that way about a story in WWE where I'm just, I'm leaning in going, what's going to happen next? Come on, tell me. And I want that kind of stuff so bad in my wrestling. So that that's it's a weird one, I grant you. But there wasn't a lot on Raw that was just like was out there. I could throw an alternate out there that was Garza Dong on uh, <laughs> on Monday night. We saw Angel Garza. Oh 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 Angel. Okay, I thought yeah. you meant just his package was what made you happy. Well, I mean, about you him. don't get Angel Garza without Garza Dong. So that's true. And those, it does. Tra- those it does. Unusually highly cut trunks that he wears. Uh, <laughs> Uh, yeah. <laughs> so I, I guess at the end of the day, for me, my my most excited moment was seeing Randy Orton do Randy Orton's type of work again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, fair enough, man. How about you, sir? Uh, I, I've got to say that as much as I, I was just saying how, how I thought Raw was a great show overall, um, and it was, there was no single moment on it that made me just giddy the way that the stuff that Moxley and Suzuki are doing. Actually, Suzuki in general right now. Minoru Suzuki in general right now. Um, the guy is 51 years old. He's going to be 52 in June. And the stuff that he is getting up to right now is making me absolutely giddy. And there's stuff I'm going to talk about in the, the news segment in a second that he's up to. I don't want to spoil right now. But just news about what Suzuki's up to in general, and then the stuff he's doing with Moxley, where they're just basically just two psychopaths beating the crap out of each other and laughing about it. It just it absolutely tickles me pink. Yeah. Um, 
first of all, you know, you've got like he's one of my favorite wrestlers working today. But then to have all of this fun stuff happening with him uh, is just tickling me pink. Everything, everything about it. I can't wait for more Suzuki as the year goes on. Yeah, yeah, it's it's really good. And and just is it is it a tour? Are we are we coming to the end where he's doing a little bit more comedy and? putting other guys over or are we no. seeing the beginning of the end of no that's the thing nick is he's been doing this the entire time he's been playing the same guy the entire time i'm minoru suzuki i'm an absolute psychopath yeah i will kill you and i like inflicting pain and if he's in a comedy match or a regular match he's the same guy he just uses that persona comedically like as a straight man kind of thing in comedy matches and then uses it as like a dramatic thing in in regular matches, and it works either way. He makes it work no matter what he does. He's done comedy matches before, and he's going to be doing them again. Hint, hint at the news segment. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I remember him wrestling a, a mecha mummy, and the mummy like having a drill and trying to drill into his chest, and Suzuki, Suzuki just no selling it. What the hell are you doing? <laughs> I remember a match. It was uh, I, I want to say it was some sort of like rumble match or like a, a battle royale match. And uh, Riho, the current AEW Women's Champion, when she was a little girl, was on Suzuki's back trying to choke him out. And he just was like, knows, like trying to figure out who was attacking him. And he kept turning around. He couldn't figure out who. He was like going around just beating people up with Riho just on his back trying to take him down. And he just was, <laughs> I mean, that, that's the kind of thing that I love about him is he can do anything, but he never really changes. It's always just him. Yeah. So, oh, Minoru. No, I, I think Minoru. Lance Orcher has been going to the uh, Suzuki school of beating up young lions and killing everyone, though. Yes, he's but he's going more for the I want to scare children thing. Right. Where, like I saw him. I saw him yelling at a kid. At, it's uh, working. Or, like trying to trying to scare a kid at uh, at the at the uh, Atlanta show. Yeah. Uh, calls a kid over and then screams at him. <laughs> and the kid just kind of like huh? he shits himself. It, it, literally like Lance Archer walked by and I peed. So it was, <laughs> and you're a grown ass <laughs> man. Yeah, he's he's so massive. He's Jesus, a, he's Lord, a big, he's a big. Well, guys, that is it. Thank you, Surian Dangers, for the moment of positivity there. But uh, I'm going to do this a little bit different because it's 2:30 in a hotel room, and I don't want to wake up the neighbors. So we're not done just yet. We've got just enough time for our other news lightning round. I'll help you with it. Uh, right now. <laughs> That was the most adorable version of it ever. Uh, Mike and Maria Bennett, uh, Canellis have, or Bennett, or whatever they're calling themselves now, they've had their second kid. He was born yesterday. Carver Mars Bennett has finally popped out, and we may be seeing Maria uh, Canellis back on TV soon. Car- Carver? Uh, Carver Mars That Bennett. kid's destined to be a serial killer. Carver? Or he could work at a deli counter. Why you got to be so mad, Nick? I mean, it, it's uh, okay. Maybe maybe he's going to get into chainsaw sculpture uh, with, with trees. Right, or work All at right? a slaughterhouse. You know. Right. Oh, well, okay. Wait, look, why are you so negative today? <laughs> Just because it's 2.30 in the morning. Yeah. Okay. I've heard, I've heard worse. I've heard worse. <laughs> I've never heard anybody want to name their kid Carver. They could have named him Billy. Billy Bennett. Hi, I'm Benjamin Bennett. Benny Bennett. It could have been way worse. That's fine. Okay. That's fine. All right. Uh, Timothy Thatcher. 
If you don't know that name, you're going to know it soon because it's looking like he's headed to NXT. At the very least, he was 100% at the Performance Center at the same time as a whole bunch of the other new class of their people they're bringing in. According to uh, Squared Circle Sirens, who also got the Chris Statlander thing wrong, so take it with a grain of salt. True, but they did get the fact that she was in NXT completely 100% correct. Yeah. Um, and that was also a very near thing. Yeah. Uh, Statlander was apparently like the contract was in front of her and she walked away. For from what it. it's worth, so, Square Circle Sirens, in their defense, are one of the more reliable sources yeah, out there for and NXT it's not news. Just them. PWE, PWI has reported this. Juan has reported this. Like this is this is getting reported. Thatcher is most likely in NXT. There's also a lot of other aspects of this that make it make sense. Thatcher's an original member of Ringkampf, which mm. was what is now known as Imperium. Uh, and the original three were uh, were Walter, Thatcher, and um, oh god, of course I'm gonna I'm gonna space now because my brain is Barthel? way too goddamn captain. Thank you, ba- Barthel. <laughs> uh, but yeah, those are the original three members. So to have him back, um, and Walter even tweeted out a picture of the three of them saying "The original." Um, so to have him come into Imperium would make nothing but sense. He's also, I have a feeling at the point where he's like, I'll just take the WWE money. He's 37 years old. Um, he's been doing it for forever. Right. So yeah, it would make sense to me that he would come in and just work an easy schedule, make some money with, with his boys. Um, and Imperium's going to be like the most dominant freaking faction. Does Imperium get a is. fifth member now? Is that, is it already in the books that they're going to be that big? It's that or he's going to feud with Walter, but I really, oh, for I don't know. Rest for control of Imperium, that would be awesome. Well, you want to talk about a guy that can come in and realistically like look like he could beat Walter for the UK title? That's a big Thatcher. boy. Yeah, Thatcher could do it. Uh, big, looks mean, can go hold for hold with Walter. So, seriously, that, that's good stuff. Um, let's see, you already mentioned that the Kabuki Warriors have passed the Iconics at the, as the longest women's tag team champions in WWE at 121 days. Uh, what else? Kota Ibushi. Kota Ibushi. One of the reasons he's out, not just the flu, he's also, also suffering from what's called Mallory Weiss syndrome, which is where uh, it's, it's like the mucous membranes con- uh, which connect your esophagus and your stomach. It's where they start to tear. Uh, and it can happen from working out too hard uh, or if you get hit in the stomach or if you, if you throw up too much. It's not fun. It's basically imagine like relentless acid reflux. Um, it's no, it's no bueno. But it does tend to heal quickly unless it's a severe, severe case. Uh, so he should be back within the next week, unless it's a severe case which requires surgery Ew. and is no bueno. Yeah. Um, so get well soon, Kota Ibushi. Um, if you were wondering where Jazzy Gabbert went, she actually left WWE about a month ago. Uh, she said in an interview with Wrestling Incorporated that she left WWE due to uh, pain that had come back. She had her surgery in 2018, her neck surgery, because her neck was jacked. And she said after the surgery, she was feeling no pain. But now after getting back into the ring, working out, and working the schedule in, in NXT UK, the pain has, for the most part, returned. And it wasn't worth it for the fact that they didn't seem to have any plans for her. When she asked if she could go to the main roster and do stuff, they said, we got nothing for you. Uh, and she wasn't getting paid enough to work NXT UK. Mm. So she is actually, looks like she is uh, out and possibly, if not fully retired from wrestling, then definitely working very, very few dates, mm. which is too bad. Uh, we had a lot of hope for her. Yep. Because uh, she's pretty awesome. So uh, let's see. Brody King, 
Brody King, our boy Brody mm-hmm. King, has re-signed. He's re-signed with Ring of Honor. No, uh, no report as to how long for, but I'd imagine it's for at least a little bit because he's currently in one of the top factions in that company and working close with Marty Skrull, who is a good person to be close with in Ring of Honor right now. So Brody King will be in Ring of Honor for the uh, foreseeable future. Uh, speaking of Ring of Honor, Ring of Honor Past and Present is a show that's going to be part of their 18th anniversary weekend. Uh, it's happening March 14th, Sam's Club in Las Vegas. And uh, they added a couple of matches to it. They originally hang, matches hang we on, do know hang about. On. Let me interrupt. They're going to have a, a pay-per-view at a Sam's Club? Sorry, the, the, the casino, Sam's Town. There's Sam's Club in <laughs> Sam's Town, Las Vegas. Can you, you imagine don't that? <laughs> you don't need a membership to get in and know they don't have Frosted Flakes boxes the size of your kid brother. This is actually inside the casino. Sam's, have you never been to Vegas, Nick? Do you not know what I'm talking about? I know, I just, I'm, I'm being a dick. I'm sorry. God Can you imagine you. a wrestling ring assembled inside of a Sam's Club and there's just yes, there's people I like would, I little would little ladies pushing their carts around and they just move all of like the clothing in the middle like the, on on the racks in the middle outside and you put a wrestling ring in. I would go to that in a heartbeat. Me too. All you hear is plywood getting taken bumps and everything. Just that racket uh, hitting. Uh, it uh, it's like spills the, off into the aisles. Yeah. They're like they're using enormous like things of of popcorn to hit each other. Oh that would man, be great. Oh man. Oh my God, he's got. He's got the 14 gallons of, of canola oil he's going to hit him with. Oh, God. <laughs> Not the 55-gallon drum of fertilizer. No. <laughs> That'd be, uh, hey, man, I, I think that might be a thing. we got to work on that. No kidding. Uh, but they are, sorry. So they are having Ring of Honor past versus present. Matches that we, uh, uh, that we know are already happening is Generation Next, which, of course, is Alex Shelley and Matt Seidel versus Villain Enterprises, Marty Skrull and Flip Gordon. Also, Homicide versus Brody King. Uh, they've just announced there will also be Doug Williams versus Jonathan Gresham. Doug Williams coming back after a long time. Wow. Okay. The, the same time they're bringing back the uh, the Pride Championship. So that's, that's or pure, excuse me, Pure Championship. So that's awesome. Uh, and then Xavier versus Jay Lethal. So turning, looking actually like going to be a pretty solid show. Um, also, speaking of shows here in Los Angeles, PWG has announced they're having another show on March 29th, and it will be called Kobe. Oh, Just man. Kobe. Just, yeah. I didn't need to hear that. Los Angeles, man. <clears throat> Oof. Mm, it's, been, it's been rough here since he passed away. Sorry, like, LeBron. That's never going to be your team, and it's never going to be your town. It's Kobe's. It's, it's seriously, especially now. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's that's one of those things that it's it's been messing people up in this town. Like a small tangent, but this town has been messed up since that happened. Uh, since Kobe and, and and his daughter and everyone else in that helicopter passed away, like we have been messed up. I was saying, I was actually saying in the chat, we were talking about it in the chat earlier. Um, I've seen grown men in the streets holding a basketball and just openly weeping. No one else around them, just out there just crying in the street. It's it's wild. It's wild. Mm. So, woof. Uh, sorry, back to the wrestling. MLW has announced a partnership with Dragon Gate. Hello. Hello. Uh, so that's so we could be seeing a lot of really, really fantastic Asian talent coming in to MLW. And also, they could be sending their guys overseas to get some really good training because Dragon Gate has some incredible people. Um, I'm already kind of hoping to see, pe- you know, I mean, if, you, if you don't know Dragon Gate, like people like Pack were just recently the champ there. Akira Tozawa came through there. Um, like it's a, it is it is a legit. Uh, Shingo Takagi 
mm. was over there for a long right. time. Um, I would love it to, to see some of the guy BXB Hulk coming over here to MLW um, or uh, Naruki Doi. Like there's there's some dudes I really want to see come over to MLW. So I'm very psyched about this. Uh, let's see what else we have. Ah, uh, yes. So I mentioned earlier that uh, Minoru Suzuki and everything he's doing right now is tickling me pink and is, is currently my mop. Uh, well, it was announced this week that in Ybor City, Florida, at Joey Janela's Spring Break 4 on Friday, April the 3rd, the possibly the greatest match in professional wrestling history will be taking place. Minoru Suzuki, one-on-one with Orange Cassidy. Wow. Mmm. Mm, I'm wow. I'm buying. I'm going to buy if, if they're streaming anywhere. I'm getting. Uh, I'm going to watch the Spring Break just for the this match. Spring Break is always a really fun show. Janela Spring Break is always a blast. It's insanity. If you're going to be in Florida, go to this show. And now you really have a reason because oh my god, I need this match in my eye holes, Nick. Mm. I need it. I need it so badly. We're going to have to figure out how to get you out to Tampa. Just for that. Just like teleport right. me into this show. There's so much else going on there too. But, you know, like a blood yeah, It's sport. WrestleMania weekend, by the way, in case you didn't I, put that together, uh, guys. Oh. Uh, and finally, finally, thank you to Marshall and the Facebook discussion group for, for pointing this out when I was distracted and got this into the show notes just in time. But apparently for season three of NWA Power, Rrrr, which is just going on right now. How, how are they on season three? They've been on for like three months. This well, we've had two pay per views. Oh, okay. So they're, okay, I see what they're doing. Yeah, all right. Every pay per yeah. So the third season, the new theme song is "I'm Broken" by Pantera. What? And it's I watched the trailer today for season three. It is glorious. Yeah. <laughs> it, yeah. It works oh, so perfect. It, uh, it works perfectly. Like, I thought Into the Fire could not be beaten. Mm, damn. They, they picked a damn good follow I give you Pantera. <laughs> I give you Pantera. And that's the news, Nick. Well, thank you very much, Sir Ian Dangerous. And thank you guys for dealing with all of our difficulties that we had here in the beginning. Those of you that were there, not you, Esme. You missed it, as always. Uh, but thank you very much for joining us and hanging out with us in the chat. Uh, for those of you that don't know, we do have a, li- a YouTube channel where we live stream at youtube.com slash open every single day episode we do so you can come over and subscribe to the channel and get little alerts every time we go live every tuesday at 8 p.m eastern and every saturday at 3 p.m eastern and that includes if nick is on the other side of the world as i am right now in london (laughs) and it's 10 till 3 in the morning because i love you guys and we don't miss a show so Uh, Come over and subscribe on the YouTube channel. Come over to Facebook as well. Search for Busted Wide Open. Like our page and send us a join request to get into our discussion group with the rest of the phenomenal ones. And also find a link in there to our Discord server, which is where you want to be. Patrons, especially for you, make sure you go back to Patreon and authenticate once you sign up for your account for Discord so you can get all your goodies unlocked inside of the Discord server. But that is where we have live chats all throughout the week for every show. They're a lot of fun. It really changes the viewing experience when you do it with a big group of people so i highly encourage everybody to uh, go over and join our discord server you can find it in the link in the the link in the description below here on youtube or pinned across any of our social media profiles and in the uh, busted wide open discussion group you can also find us over on twitter and instagram at bwo podcast and last but certainly not least thank you to all of our patrons for being amazing the amazing individuals that you are the fuel that runs this machine the grease 
the grease of the wheel. Thank you very much for all your contributions. And if you guys would like to get in on some of that and help and support, the best way to support this show is at patreon.com slash BWO. Throw a couple of bucks in the tip jar. Sign up for one of our reward tiers. Oh, and we missed one. Shout out to DJ Butters for the $5 in the tip jar tonight. Oh, dude. Thank, Thank you, you very much, sir, by the way. Uh, that is one way you can contribute while we're live here on the show, or if you're watching this uh, after we're uh, on demand, so to speak. You can also find a link to that down in the description below as well, and we will be sure to give you a massive shout-out right here on the show in the next episode uh, we do. Uh, but on Patreon, yes, that's the best way to do it. It keeps the ads off the show. It keeps us funded. It keeps things rocking and rolling, and it keeps you guys in some exclusive rewards, such as copies of the show notes for every episode, the ability to ask listener questions for our patron mailbag series that we do every single Saturday, and we love doing it. It's one of our favorite things to do. Uh, and bonus episodes, which we owe you one for January, but I'm working diligently on it. If you can take a guess at what it is, hint, hint, wink, wink, looking to get that to you next week. So stay tuned. I promise it's going to be worth it. I got, I even got my, if my only, bottle of whiskey. Even if only to see Sir Ian Dangerous's reactions to it. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, last last time they didn't get to see my reactions. No, this time, oh, we, we weren't live for the last one. We're going to do it. I was like, I was like curled up in my chair. Like, I had like one leg up. I was just like hiding over here. Oh. Uh, I was hung over as hell, too. We're, we're going to do a quick recap of the first one. I did write that in so that we could do that really quickly. We, le we left our heroes at Hell in a oh, Cell. God. That's where Whoa. we left off. Uh, and we're going to pick up from there, go through Survivor Series, through the Royal Rumble, and on to WrestleMania. So stay tuned, guys. I got a nice eight-hour flight back home tomorrow. Hoping to polish that off, do a little more polishing over the course of the, the weekend, and then get that out to you guys next week. So this one, you get to see live. So if you're not a patron yet, patreon.com slash BWO. Make sure you sign up for that $10 tier. That's where you get all the bonus episodes every single month. And uh, some people, we've had some new patrons come on. Um, and make sure you find where you can get your private RSS link so you can throw it in your podcast app of choice or just watch the live stream. I promise it's 100 times more entertaining when we actually do those. So uh, thank you guys for joining us. My name is Nick Howell. You can find me on Twitter at Data Center Dude. And I am Sir Ian Dangerous. You can find me on Twitter at Sir Ian Dangerous. But by God, <laughs> you are in a hotel room. This show is part of the Orbital Jigsaw Network. For more episodes, subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher Radio. For details and show notes from each episode, check us out, orbitaljigsaw.com.